Locate code is used by the National Ambulance Service all over Ireland to help find you in an emergency. You're listening to a repeat of the 96FM Opinion Line. Phone and text lines are now closed. Cork's number one talk show, The Opinion Line. With PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. I want to talk to John Kidd. Uh, John is from the Irish Fire and Emergency Services Association. Uh, good morning to you, John. He joins me on line one. How are you? Fine, fine. Great. Very sad for the, the people in the UK. Absolutely Sweden, terrible. And, and Sweden and other countries. It's, it's terrible. And, and the worry is now that, look, if something like this happened here, would we be equipped to deal with it at emergency service level? But what I'm interested to, to read about you at the weekend was that you actually wrote the plan that Britain now uses. Explain well, that actually, well, yeah, that's correct. What it was, in 2008, we did a peer review for Dublin Fire Brigade called Firebase EMS. The C was the quality of service in the report was for Ken Knight and his team came over. And in that, after the end of that, obviously, they went back for a report. He retired and he got 20 million off the point, which he was the Home Secretary then. Theresa May to implement this report was which was basically integrating the fire and EMS. But part of my plan was the police should be, if you go to New York after 9-11, you walk into their control centres, they're quite impressive. But the police, the fire and the elements are together, okay? And the reason why that works for these types of attacks, and if people think Ireland is okay, the one concern people are talking about the UK, the big concern should be what happened in Sweden. Sweden have a very tolerant country, yeah. invited everyone in, and they had an attack. And Ireland went through this during the past, if people now went on vacation in Belgium now, where Brussels is, you see police and army on the streets now, what we used to have here a few years ago during our troubles. And it's not that we don't have the talented people here. There's a problem due to the situation I went through. And I'm actually half lawyer He shot coming in. He wants to set up an organisation like COPRA, which they have in the United Kingdom, which is where they bought the three services and what they call the security services. And it is being called by the XT shock that we should have security services. Just before we go any further, John, explain the difference between the EMF, as you call it, and, and what happens here. You say that okay. all of the... Think like, of Cork. Yeah. Think okay. of Cork. Okay. Now, in Cork now, you have a fire, an excellent fire service. But years ago, 20 or 30 years ago, the fire and elements were together in Cork City. Right. It doesn't right. happen now. If you, and the reason why that's useful, say if a major incident, okay, a major incident now, I think... What we had in Dublin here a few years ago, two bus crashes where there was 40 people. Paris Street was less than a minute away. When the firefighters went out, who were all paramedic trained as well, that's what they do in the United States. And we have ambulances still in Dublin Fire Brigade. The ambulances went out, but we didn't have enough ambulances to deal with the situation. In other words, you have a critical mass of injuries on the road, okay? How do you deal with 100 people in Ireland? 100 people doesn't sound a lot when you consider what happened in the UK and other countries that are not life-threatening, but could be life-threatening if they're not treated. In the United States, Canada, Finland, and other European countries, and Ireland, well, Dublin, especially Dublin, you have the service integrate. That means when you have a team of firefighters rescuing the people, when they're finishing that, then they can start saving the people because they're medically trained. If you look at the stuff on Facebook, you see Manchester firefighters giving out that they were turned away they could have helped. Okay, or not because they, in the United Kingdom, Manchester hasn't got the same skill set. If you look what Sir Ken Knight called for, 
he's calling for the firefighters in the United Kingdom just to be brought up to EMT level. As in Dublin, most of the firefighters that are recruited in Dublin Fire Guide also do the helmets, and they're also paramedic trained. Yeah. This makes a big difference when you have a mass casualty situation. Because yeah. what you think about, you have chaos. If you look at what's on TV at the moment, you have the emergency services arriving. They're already stretched as it is. And these personnel are not trained, right, like what you do in the United States and Canada and other European countries. That's why what happened in the United Kingdom when Sir Ken Knight came over, and my report was quite specific. Ireland by its very nature, if you look at Cork City, Dublin, and you break it all down, we had 30 chiefs and 300 assistant chiefs for less than 2,000 operational staff. If you go to Northern Ireland, which we border, you have one chief, two assistant chiefs, and less than 20 civilian staff. Running the fire service, the same staff that we have down the south is what they have in the six counties for firefighters. Mm. What I was trying to do was create an integrated service where the National Ambulance Service and the Forest Service, and no different what the T-shirt's calling for, is centralised, a new T-shirt coming in, maybe because he's a doctor, and in fairness, Leo Fraga called himself a corporate service. That means integrating the services in preparation for a yeah. major incident or a terrorist. So something that they were very impressed with, a lot of people watching Saturday night, was that the first response was within three minutes, and there yeah. was a full response... Within eight minutes. Now, that is, is that possible here, the way things operate? Well, at the moment now, unfortunately, and Gary Chacon has gone some through severe cutbacks. During the troubles we had, what you call a stand through, I was in the Irish Army Fire, joined the Forest Service, where you had an armed patrol going around the sea every night in support of Angarda Chacon, okay? I, I assume that still happens. I'm not sure. I left the Army 20 years ago. But that was during the height of the troubles. If you look at Belgium now, and if you look at the United Kingdom, and France, they're backing up the, the police because the crisis has hit them now. I suggest we have power since the, 19, uh, the Emergency Powers Act. I believe the government would look at all these now where certain people... Look, it's very hard to deal with terrorism. People aren't about civil liberties. At the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is we face a crisis. Now, people are looking at the United Kingdom and they say, well, they're fighting in the Middle East. Sweden isn't fighting in the Middle East. Hmm. And that was my main concern. When it happened to Sweden... I think people in this country should realise Sweden is a very welcoming country, always has been to refugees, and probably give the best services in the world. And people might say we're overreacting. The problem with terrorism by its very nature is to terrorise. But at the weekend where you were talking about this, there was in the media reported that ISIS has put it, that Ireland is a legitimate target as other countries, okay? Now, we either prepare for that, or we wait till after it happens. Then people moan and groan, why weren't we prepared? And I'll give you an example now at the moment. Mm. There last week there was a cyber attack that was well covered in the media. In fairness to the HSC, their main man there, Richard Cobb, which made sure the systems were safe. Okay? Now that's another form of terrorism attack. Imagine all your systems going down the hospital or anything like that and people's lives were at risk. In fairness to the HSC and what he's trying to do, and fairness to the government trying to do the electronic records to save probably a billion a year wasted in the HSC. But I think that should be integrated completely. And in, 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 in other words, like this, they're going to integrate electronic records. You should integrate what beds are available in case of major disaster. You should integrate the risks associated when there's a major disaster in the country, OK? Because mm. if you're going to do something, it's better to do it while it's been in the planning stage. And also make sure our systems, including on Garda Chicago, including the Forest Service, are not open to attack. Terrorist attack is one thing. We have a cyber attack at the same time. And I read this myself in Europe, because certainly the European Firefighters Association, and they're concerned about it. But I do believe Europe, because of what's been happening, 
I do believe the government could put a case forward on any improvements we're trying to do in this country, as we should be interconnected with Europe's sharing information. And certain people might find this distasteful, but I'll give an example. If you look at the bomb that went off in Chicago, the Russian security service warned, warned the Americans that these particular young men are... And we have to start sharing information with everyone mm. if we want to deal with this in a serious manner. If not then it happens, everyone blames everyone else. That's what happens in this country. But I, would, I wouldn't I would concentrate what's happening in the United Kingdom, though it's sad. i concentrate what happened in Sweden. And yeah. if that doesn't have people concerned, then really we aren't. And one of the attackers that people look at was Ragnar, came from Ireland, was a Moroccan. Okay? So we have to deal. We're in an island nation, which we're not in mainland Europe, so it makes it difficult for people to travel in and out. But if you look at the terrorism, they come here a few weeks early and then are in any country and then they plan their attack. You don't do initially the integrate. That's what terrorism is. And really, we have, we have a good society here. It's very open and it's great. Mm. But do we really want the society to go down where we don't plan? And that's why I'm very impressed what the new Taoiseach and Wayne and Leo Varadkar has to say. I'd like a system what they have in the UK. But I also would say, and this is unique, if we're going to have a security service, we have to talk to the Americans. We have to talk to the Russians. Because the Russians seem to have a better handling on this in the Middle East than most countries, if we're all being honest. Okay? Yeah. yeah. I, I say that as an ex-soldier now when I served in the Middle East. Well, yeah, on, on that point, John, uh, and you mentioned that you're an, an ex-soldier, um, this, we have got quite a number of both serving and retired personnel of the Defence yeah. Forces with huge knowledge of Middle Eastern history, Middle Eastern politics and all. Some of them even speak the languages quite fluently because they learned them out of personal necessity. Yes. We don't seem to call them in for their expertise, do we? Well, I believe now there's an open opportunity here for the government to deal with this in a uh, professional manner. I would say Irish troops served in the United Nations and the Naval Service has done a fantastic job. And you're correct. When we served overseas, some people try to understand the culture. You'd read the Quran. You try to understand the two different religions, which you see in Sunni. Most people that served in the Middle East that served in the Irish Army would have that experience. Okay, that's a fact. We have members on Garda Shikhan that served overseas. But the problem what we have to do is there's been a general exodus out of the public sector as everyone would know, from army to police to the more experienced people have exit. We are, I'm not against young people. We have a young government coming in. But I think the government should look at all avenues of people that have past and present in the sense that could come back that have the knowledge. Some of them speak, as you say, Arabic. I know I have friends that studied, speak Arabic when I served overseas, okay? Mm. And we have to have an open attitude. We have to talk to everyone. Now, talking to everyone is talking to the Americans, the British, European allies, and actually the Russians, right? If we're going to deal with this in a professional manner and secure the borders of Ireland, of the island of Ireland, and remember, we share a border with the United Kingdom. And at the end of the day, people are looking at the attacks in the United Kingdom, looking at the attacks in mainland Europe, you're looking at France. and if, if, uh, Because it's very hard when people attack in terrorism, by its very nature is you assimilate the population. Okay, <laughs> And then what we'll have is reaction, which is what they want. They want people giving out about Muslims and all this anti-Muslim, which I'm not. I'm just saying in fairness that most Muslim communities over here and the leaders of it, what I want is the Ireland we have now. Not turning back to what we had 20 years ago. But at the same time, we have to plan for this if we like it or not. The, this and concept of, of a watch list, John, we heard yeah. at the weekend of a, a watch list in Britain of 3,000 yeah. people. Is, yeah. is that of any use to anybody? Well, it is and it isn't. If people remember, and I hate to say we go back to our own troubles, we used to intern people, even down south here, that we suspected. We may not have the full proof. 
we may have enough proof to state that they were a concern, okay? Uh, and now people won't, I'm sure people will be on our constitutional law and your program, what I have to say is wrong. But I'm going to say one thing. If people look at what happened in Manchester, they were all kids. They were innocents from all religions, okay? Yeah. And they were killed. That's a fact. Now, mm. people are going down to that. We had our troubles here. Not to that extent. I think the Dublin and Monaghan bombs was the worst situation we had, okay? But we really get down to now. Do we want this visit on us when it's too late? And again, I say again, what's on the media? It's well reported that ISIS says Ireland is a legitimate target. If we like her or not, yes. we let them. You know, we let them fly through Shannon. We are very open to the Middle East. We let them in for a year. You know, we've been a very open country, which is great. I think it's great for Ireland. We are an open country. Okay, I think it's great. We have a Taoiseach. From the background, that he is. We can't be. But if you look from the background or the sexuality preference he's from, in these very countries, those people are terrorised as women are and killed. Because of that. So, do we want a society like that? I certainly don't. I I like Ireland the way it is now, and its progression and its multicultural. I love all that. But at the end of the day, when things happen in a country, that's when people react. And people remember years ago, I'll give an example, and this is true. Years ago, I went to see my uncle played for Wolverhampton Wanderers, okay? I went by boat, people remember boat. I was in the Irish Army at the time. But I was arrested for being suspected. Because when I said to you, man, what do you serve? I said the Irish Army. I didn't say the Irish Defence Forces. But they kept me for six hours till somehow the MZ verified who I was. At that time, I thought they were off the wall. But at the end of the day, that's where paranoia starts to set in. But I do believe it's time now we as a country prepare for what everyone else in Europe is preparing for. And I think there's a unique opportunity. People were giving out about the, recently about a public service card. Do you know this public service card? Yes. Used for intrusion. Now, I ask you a question. And I ask you, PJ, would you have any problem of a police officer stopping you, verifying who you are? Yes or no? Simple question. He should stop you on the road. He says, who are you? I'm PJ something, something. Have you got an ID card? Yes. And he can validate that. Would you be against that? I certainly wouldn't be against it because you would have nothing to worry about that. In essence, they're validating you who you are. Okay. You see, part of me, John, that's a very good question. Part of me says I have no problem with that because I care about the security of the country. But the other part of me says, how far is that going to go? Are we talking about papers, citizen, every five minutes? You don't want no, that? Well, well uh, I give an example, right? If you look at Manchester, where all these people are, people in other countries. I developed a medical information card. So I'm quite interested in this. Now, this sounds a bit strange. But when I went to the United States, they were more interested in the fact that a police officer could stop and validate your ID card. Because since 9-11, if you're traveling in the United States, you have to have your passport. Most Americans used to travel under driving license. Some states' driving license are successful. They can work in the system, and some can't. And other countries, including Russia, are interested. But what was, for me, was to say, I came back from Brazil, and I was drifting a bit. Someone collapsed on the plane. I managed to save the individual life. I was interviewed in RTE. But at the particular time, I could have made a mistake, okay? And the reason why I got interested in all this, I was trying to save the HSE money because we waste $1.3 billion on unnecessary tests mm. system, okay? So for my, that's about a twelfth of the budget. I was looking at that fund and could be used for kids' cancer or things like that. Or things a girl that died in O'Connell Street because the chemist refused to give her the EpiPen. Yes, remember that. That would have ran in. So what I was trying to do, and I understand why the chemist did that, because they're afraid of being sued. Mm. You know, we have a very litigious society here in Ireland. And I know it's like a 4 a.m. in the morning picking someone up. Say you came up to Dublin and you were at a match and you got drunk. I had to bring a talent park. The young doctor there, he or she at 4 a.m. or trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with you. You, you know, you could be drunk, you could be diabetic, you could be something. Yeah, else. yeah, yeah. So 
also to save all that, to have your full medical history. That's why I'm into IT. I also wrote against where the government wasted money. And the reason why you found me from Cork, there's an ex-naval officer that designed something fantastic, Gary Delaney, who was giving it to the Irish government for one day. Ah, locate code. We were talking to him only last week. But he's a genius. They didn't go with him. They won't. They went with somebody else. And I campaigned against that. <laughs> and, now they won't, and now they won't even use the damn thing. Listen, Adam has called. He is listening to you, John, and he has a question for you. Good morning, Adam. How are you? Good morning, Hi, DJ. How are you? How are you doing? You question there for John. Well, uh, more more of a point to make, PJ, to to, to John. Um, I mean, you know, with with the recent attacks in um, in the UK, I mean, the, the, the England being the the most, uh, to the best of my knowledge, the most heavily surveilled. You know, security agencies like MI5 yeah. and MI6, the, the the Metropolitan Police Force, as well as mm-hmm. the, the 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 Royal Guard and the regular police force. I mean, they're a very heavily policed country, um, and yet these attacks are still happening. Um, I suppose the, the the point I wanted to make was. Like, I, I don't think there's any proactive approach towards terrorism or towards terrorist attacks. I think the only approach to take is a reactive one, you know. Um, and I suppose I, I wanted to ask John if there was any particular advice that you could give an individual um, as to, you know, I mean, if, if I was to come across... If if I found myself in the middle of a shootout, or if I found myself in the middle of a bombing, or if I came across the aftermath of an attack, what, what's the, what's the best thing to do in those situations? Well, you see, the aftermath of a bombing by itself, terrorism sometimes pull a second device. So you could take a chance and try and rescue people if you're medically trained, which most first responders would do. But the problem is when you want to have a, a maximum effect. Sorry about this. It's fact. When people are planning something, there. They're trying to, and that's what happens in places like Manchester and all that. People panic because they know from previous reports that happened in Europe, you go and, you go in to rescue someone, then the second device is there to affect mm. the, what you call the first responders. I, I, you cannot plan for terrorism, and you're correct, United Kingdom. But if you look at the United Kingdom, the lady I mentioned before was being criticised by the leader of the Labour Party because of the cut she brought into the police service. Okay, I would suggest or in the, Unfortunately, we went through a bad time and in fairness to the government and all politicians were out of that. But now, the expenditure we have to plan for, if we look at the troubles when we had the troubles here, we spent more proportion than the United Kingdom because we were a small economic country. I, I'm not suggesting that. What I'm suggesting is we have the talent out there. Some of them retired. Maybe the government can do something bring some of them back. And also at the same time, what I would suggest is they go to Europe and put a case forward because we are going to have a border with the United Kingdom, we like or not, and the, the instance that have happened there. The question you asked me there, the British are the most heavy police surveillance and all that, but I would answer back to you, that's not a reason for us not doing that. When we had the troubles here, we were the most policed state in, the, in Europe, believe yeah. it or not, because the yeah. army were integrating with the with, uh, with members or colleagues in Angarish, but at the same time, the new Taoiseach is calling for something like a car with the situation, and some military intelligence, because our military intelligence at the moment usually relies on MI5 or MI6 advising the government. Now, at the moment, if you're stating that they're not able to deal with that, and we have a high influence over the last 10 years or so, and that gentleman mentioned watch lists, and Garda Shikana would like to watch people, but they don't have the resources. Watching people is quite expensive, 24-7 a day. And also having the facility to have a backup in the event of an incident, okay? Now, that's my main concern. You've asked me from my experience. I served overseas, served the UN. I was in the fire police and I'm in service. I knew you in my experience and what I've seen in the United States post 9-11, before 9-11, and what they're doing in Europe. And at the moment, a reaction is after the event. I'd like to plan before. 
preventive measures and, and actually start tests and seeing, are we up to the standard? They're also concerned about what we call cyber terror. And in fairness to the HSE and the gentleman, Richard Corbridge, that came from the United Kingdom, the HSE got through that last week, okay? Terrorism can be in many ways. It's not just setting off bombs. It will be bringing something down into fatal clinics or clinics for children or machinery are there or people in the hospital. How do we deal with that? We have to plan now. And that's a fact of life. Right. The world has changed, or our country has changed, or Europe, United States, and everywhere. And the question I'd ask most of people to say, can we justify the expenditure? I'd say, look at Sweden. Sweden now have increased by 30% after that attack. Because mm-hmm. we have to. The problem is we should be planning now, not after the event. When you're mm-hmm. burying someone that's unpleasant. I always find this even in the Forest Service, and I don't mean to be rude here, or in the army. In the past, when someone died overseas, someone died, you'd have a queue of politicians, a queue of people behind the coffins. I don't see any coffins, especially what happened in Manchester, young children. And we do have events in this country, we like or not. Yep. That bring jobs, tourism, and investment. Well, I was just we, mentioning we're we're about to we're about to hit into one of our biggest events of the year in Cork, and that's the Marquis series. And yeah. you know, five thousand people in one place at one time over a period of a month, and well, it, it the, it's worrying. It is um, worrying. Could I ask another question, TJ? Go ahead there, Adam. Yeah. Uh, sorry, John. Um, I mean, I, I've I've heard you speaking there about how you know um, other governments have implemented plans and and how the Irish government need to plan right now. I, I mean, like in my opinion, much in the same way that a, an individual would have training for first aid, as as you mentioned, you know, if you're if you're training first aid response, it's very helpful in the aftermath of an attack like this. Um, and in the same way, you'd be trained to uh, respond to a fire in the workplace. Do you not think it's up to the individual now at this point to to educate themselves on how to respond? Well, to be trained as an individual, in the, it's very hard to train someone in the forest service or putting them through a program, and that would include the civil defence. I mentioned the forest service because we do have volunteers in different services. Okay, what I believe now there has to be collective action. What we had during the troubles for these services, a bit what the, the new Taoiseach said away. Okay, to be fact, because he's a doctor and he would realise, geez, when a major disaster, what are we going to do? And I'm taking over the ship, as he say. Okay, not being ruled around. But we have to deal with this if we like or not. We are back to levels of terrorism. People went on the troubles here. This is nothing like the troubles. In fairness to the, both paramilitaries, they tended not to actually attack children at comes. This is a new breed, and it's if you're different, a different religion, even if you're different Muslim, these people kill you, okay? We're dealing with a total different fundamental here that I think most people don't understand if you're ever in the Middle East. Okay, if you were in the Middle East and I like, to talk about some facts that some Irish soldiers served in Lebanon and things like that, they would have experienced all this. Okay, in different factions, you had Hezbollah and all that at that particular time, but we didn't have ISIS. They do now. The Irish Army serving over there, I think, rescued Philippine soldiers who were under threat. So what I'm trying to in the UN mission, what I'm trying to say to you now, we are in different different circumstances altogether. Different times. And if ISIS is not having that effect, what do you want to do? is do the opposite of PJ there. People are having fun, sitting at home. And basically, they want a reaction between, I'd say, Christians and Muslims, and we don't like any of them and all this. And I don't want that, okay? What I want is where people work together, work with the communities, and that means talking to the Muslim church here in Ireland, working together collectively. Definitely, we have to go down, if, if, if people don't mind me saying this, some, some sort of secret service between the guards and the army and other individuals collate this information and watch and then act when we have sufficient information. But we still have the Emergency Powers Act that were suspended that can be reacted again. 
I think at this stage with the new Taoiseach coming in and what's happening in Europe and they're using similar powers, I think we have to, we, if, we, if we want to be safe, we have to plan now. The thing to learn the fire brigade or the army, you plan for the instant, not till the instant happens. Okay? Yeah. You plan, you, you hope for the best, but you plan for the worst. John, I'm going to let you go there, and thank you very much for that. And Adam, thank you for your questions too. Uh, that's John Kidd, Irish Foreign Emergency Services Association. Thank you, John. We'll talk again. Locate Code is Ireland's public and workplace safety location code. For further information, go to www.locatecode.com. Locate Code. Your code anywhere.